And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, four-wheel drive tractors and combine harvesters continue to grow while some other segments continue to decline, according to the latest data from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Overall, U.S. ag tractor unit sales gained in all but one segment. U.S. self-propelled combine sales grew the most, up 54.6%, with four-wheel drive tractors up 51.1% and 100 horsepower plus two-wheel drive units up 9.8%. However, a 2.7% decline in the sub-40 horsepower segment resulted in a 0.7% reduction in total farm tractors. Total farm tractor sales in the U.S. for the year are down 12.2% versus last year. Combines are up 68.3%. In Canada, combine harvesters were the biggest growth spot as well, up 68.3% for the month and 107.7% for the year. Total unit sales and tractors finished the month down 11.3% due to losses in the sub-40 horsepower and 40 to 100 horsepower segments, down 14.7 and 13.1% respectively. All other tractor segments were positive for the month, with four-wheel drive units leading the way again in Canada with 26.6% growth. Year-to-date tractors in Canada are down. Now, according to Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President of Industry Sectors and Product Leadership at the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, he says, quote, the trends seen here are still being informed by the pandemic-driven highs in past years, especially in the sub-40 horsepower segment that this month makes up nearly 70% of total unit sales volume in ag tractors, end quote. Well, USDA's trade mission to Japan last week pressed Tokyo for ethanol sales as many countries look for new ways to reduce carbon emissions. USDA Undersecretary for Trade Alexis Taylor on the trade mission's efforts to sell ethanol in Japan after Tokyo issued a green light in March. I met with the Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry. They call them uh, METI. In Japan, has uh, been a key interlocutor in making some of those changes to eliminating the cap on U.S ethanol export. Japan issued a new biofuels policy earlier that could boost U.S. ethanol sales by over 80 million gallons a year, worth up to an added $200 million. Now, Taylor says ethanol is a key way for countries to reduce their carbon pollution. As we globally are trying to deal with changing climate, lowering our on-road vehicle greenhouse gas emissions, ethanol is a key tool for many countries, certainly for the United States, but to met for many countries around the world. Where Canada, India, the Netherlands, and the UK are leading U.S. ethanol importers as industry leaders push to sell in new markets like Japan. The U.S. Grains Council was on this trade mission, and they also had a set of meetings with key officials uh, to continue to promote U.S. ethanol and continue to engage with government officials on the additional benefits that increasing ethanol use in on-road vehicle fleets uh, can have. And again, that is comments from USDA Undersecretary for Trade Alexis Taylor on the recent trade mission to promote ethanol in Japan. Well, also, the Canola Council of Canada supports the government of Canada in joining the dispute settlement consultation with Mexico on agricultural biotechnology. The consultation was initiated by the United States under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement, and Canada joined as a third party. 
Now, there have been challenges to regulatory predictability in Mexico over the last few years, according to the Canola Council. Regulatory approaches not grounded in sound science risk stifling access to innovations that farmers need to contribute to food security challenges, address climate-related production issues, and remain competitive and profitable. Canola Council of Canada President Jim Everson says, quote, it is essential that Canada's trading partners support and implement science-based regulatory systems, end quote. Now, Everson says more formal and substantive assurance is required to provide clarity and certainty about the regulatory approach moving forward. Mexico is a leading and valued market for Canadian canola and is Canada's largest agri-food export to that country, valued at $1.6 billion last year. Well, the Farm Credit Administration Board received a quarterly report on economic issues affecting agriculture recently. According to the report, inflation remains elevated in certain sectors of the economy despite interest rate hikes and supply chain improvements. For agriculture, drought has declined substantially across the western half of the country, and good spring weather conditions sped up planting progress for many crops. For several states in the Great Plains and Southwest, drought conditions will need to continue to be monitored. With strong prospects for large crops and the building of grain stocks in 2023, prices have weakened. While many input costs also have fallen, crop producers are likely facing tighter margins this year. Now, because of rising interest rates and seasonal lending fluctuations, farm credit system growth was slower the first quarter of the year than it was for the same quarter the previous three years. Now, the loan portfolio continued to perform well, but non-performing assets increased. Despite the increase, the overall level of non-performing assets remained low at 0.53% of loans outstanding and other property owned. Well, lawmakers earlier this week introduced the Safe American Food Exports Act. The legislation would codify USDA's role in negotiating regionalization agreements that allow livestock, poultry, and other animal products from unaffected areas of the country to continue to be safely exported in the event of an animal disease outbreak. Although USDA already works with the U.S. Trade Representative to develop the agreements, the legislation explicitly expresses congressional support for establishing regionalization agreements and promoting robust agricultural trade policies before any animal disease impacts the nation. Representative Randy Feenstra, an Iowa Republican, and Jimmy Panetta, a California Democrat, introduced the legislation in the House of Representatives. Feenstra says, quote, like every producer fears, foreign animal disease can devastate flocks and herds, preventing our farmers from selling their high-quality product on the global market, end quote. Feenstra says his bill ensures a disease outbreak in one part of the country does not impact other regions' ability to produce and export agricultural goods. And also here on today's program, Social Security is vital for many in rural communities and must remain solvent for future generations. As the nation remains mirrored in a period of high inflation, the need for Social Security is growing, according to AARP Oklahoma State Director Sean Voskul. It is hard to overstate the importance and the impact of Social Security. For most people over retirement age, Social Security is the largest source of income. It's even more important for rural residents and farmers who may not have 401ks or IRAs. Given these realities, we must keep Social Security strong. Social Security puts retirement in reach for millions of Americans. However, Voskul says the critical program faces a long-term shortfall. If Congress doesn't take action to protect and save Social Security in the next 10 years, your Social Security could be cut 20% on an average of $4,000 a year. Social Security isn't a handout. We've paid into it our entire working lives. It's only fair that politicians protect the money we've earned. 
Now, many Americans have little or no savings. People are living longer and employer-paid pensions are increasingly scarce. Fortunately, AARP's Social Security Resource Center can help them navigate those challenges. You can learn more online, aarp.org forward slash social security. And learn more Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Central Time on RFD TV for AARP Live. That is all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.